Hello and welcome to the Drink In Geek Out podcast. This is a show where we drink beer and geek out. You're listening to Geek on the Wind number zero, where we are beginning our discussion of the Firefly series. Featuring traders about to double, I am your Captain Saf with my first mate, Sarah. So this is the first in a series of probably like 15 episodes or so. 250. Mm-mm. Unless they reboot the series. What about all the comic books? We can cover that in one episode. Oh, okay. Um, we will be providing some background information on the series in this episode and preparing for what we are about to do. Right now, the main podcast is on like a every other week schedule. Yeah, COVID-19 kind of put a damper on things. Plus, just people are busy and have have lines. So we've been recording that virtually, but this, since we live in the same house. We do, and I am currently home all the time. So we're able to record normally, and we will put these out every other week in the gaps where the other podcast is not really seen. So we'll be back to every week. For the next, I don't know, <laughs> however long this takes. Well, yeah, that, that and, you know, whenever mm-hmm. I go back to work. Hopefully we'll get all these recorded during this. So we'll be still talking about Corona in December. <laughs> <laughs> it's still going to be uh, around in December. True. So, uh, yeah. So Firefly, if you've never heard of it, I suggest watching the series along with us. It's, because we're going to be talking about each episode yeah. and breaking it down. And there's and, even a movie, too. Uh, so yes. you're going to have to acquire these legally or illegally. I don't care what you do because I'm not your boss. The, the series is on Hulu. The movie is not. So you might have to steal that or buy it. I suggest buying it. Yeah, I would say buy it, too. So, you know, Joss Whedon can continue. To be rich and... Yeah, and make good shit. That, too. Uh, Firefly is an American space western drama television series. That's a lot of things. Uh, Created by writer and director Joss Whedon under his Mutant Enemy production label. Grr. Arg. When uh, Whedon served as executive producer along with Tim Minear or Minear. I never knew how to say it. I don't know. I've never met him. I think it's Minear. The series is set in the year 2517. We'll be long dead. Hopefully way sooner than that. Probably by 2021. (laughs) (laughs) It's looking like a (laughs) shit shoot right now. So, yeah, we probably will be dead. After the arrival of humans in a new star system and follows the adventures of the renegade crew of Serenity, a Firefly-class spaceship, thus the name of the movie and the name of the show. You want to tell us a little bit about Joss? Yes, he is my best friend, but he just doesn't know it yet. You've loved him since Boofy and Angel? and I have loved, loved him since Buffy the Vampire Slayer. When I watched that, when we had Poor People Cable, and it was kind of a rerun slash new episodes, I had no idea. I wasn't supposed to be watching <laughs> it, so I just watched it when I could. Joss Whedon 
is an American producer, director, screenwriter, comic book writer, and composer. He is best known as the creator of several television series, including Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1997 to 2003, which is one of my favorite TV series. And the next one, Angel, which is a spinoff of Buffy because Angel is amazing in David Boreanaz. You'll never hear this, but... You made me uh, burn in my southern region <laughs> long before what I knew what that meant. But Angel was on air from 1999 to 2004. Firefly was 2002. Dollhouse, 2009 to 2010. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 2013-to-present. As well as producing, directing, and or writing several films, he wrote and directed Marvel Cinematic Universe... Un- oh, my God. I almost said Universal. Universe superhero films, The Avengers, 2012, and its sequel... You can back off a little bit. You told me to get up on this. Well, now you're shouting into it, and it's hurting my ears. Dear Lord, I can never make him happy, guys. Avengers, Age of Ultron, 2015. And just a little side note, I don't know if you included this in here, because... I have not read through these notes, but he was writing many episodes of all these TV series at the same time, so it gets a little crazy in all those TV series because he has, I think, ADD or something. Yeah. In 2002, when Firefly came out, he was still writing Buffy and Angel and doing Firefly all at the same time. And three of the our favorite shows were all on the air at the same time, but we just didn't know it yet. Yep. Because I didn't, I didn't hear of Firefly until Serenity came out. I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And then I went back and found out it was based on a TV show, and it was already canceled for about four years at that time. So in 2005, I think the movie came out. It was not easy to go back and watch stuff. Because it was not like streaming and, and all that. Like you had it to is. buy these things called mm-hmm. DVDs. But they were replaying them on uh, Sci-Fi Channel, I think. So I caught a couple episodes, and then I bought the movie and the series on DVD, so I could see it all. I never watched it until I started dating you. And I forced you to, and you were mad at me. No, I was. I fell asleep, like <laughs> always. Eventually, you saw it. Yeah, and I've introduced many people to it who have loved it, including my coworker Brian and his family. Mm-hmm. Some of the origin of this Firefly series. Whedon developed the concept for the show after reading The Killer Angels by Michael Sarah. Not Michael Sarah, the <laughs> different guy. Chronicling the Battle of Gettysburg during the American Civil War, he wanted he wanted to follow people who had fought in the losing side of the war, their experiences afterwards as pioneers and immigrants on the outskirts of civilization, much like the post-American Civil War era of Reconstruction and the American Old West. He intended the show to be a stagecoach kind of drama with a lot of people trying to figure out their lives in bleak pioneer environment. Whedon wanted to develop a show about the tactical nature of life, a show where existence was more physical and more difficult. Whedon also read a book about 
Jewish partisan fighters in World War II. Whedon wanted to create something for television that was more character-driven and gritty than most modern science fiction, because that's what all of his shows are, like character-driven, heartfelt shows that take place in kind of weird situations. And he was behind women being superheroes long before everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like, he made Buffy the Vampire Slayer a fucking badass, and Sarah Michelle Gellar is still considered a badass mm-hmm. because of it. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit on our one of our Buffy episodes, how she was, it was like a complete reversal of the damsel in distress yeah. type stories. Uh, television science fiction, he felt, had become too pristine and rare, rarefied. Whedon wanted to give the show a name that indicated movement and power and felt that Firefly had both. This powerful words, relatively insignificant meaning, Whedon felt added to its allure. He eventually created a ship in the image of a firefly. Is the ship currently supposed to be the one that he used? It's supposed to look at like a firefly? Because I don't think it looks... Yeah, it kind of looks bug-like because it's got like the part that comes up with the head and then like the I mean, it looks engine like a, part on the back that lights up. It looks like a bug, but I wouldn't say a firefly. Well, it's got to look like a ship first. That sucker would never fly, <laughs> realistically. No. Do you want to take this next paragraph? Sure. The history. Firefly consists of a two-hour pilot and 13 one-hour episodes with commercials, usually about 42 minutes Something like without that. commercials. The series originally premiered in the United States on Fox in September 2002, which, I'm going to say this, Fox fucked everything up like they normally yeah, do. Yeah, we'll get more into that in this. The episodes were aired out of intended order, although Whedon had designed the show to run for seven years. Mm. Low ratings resulted in cancellation by Fox in December 2002. After only 11 out of the 14 complete episodes had aired in the United States, the three episodes unaired by Fox eventually debuted in 2003 on the Sci-Fi Channel in the United Kingdom. Prior to cancellation, some fans worried about low ratings formed the Firefly Immediate Assistance Campaigns, whose goal was to support the production of the show by sending in postcards to Fox. After it was canceled, the campaign worked on getting another network, such as UPN, to pick up the series. The campaign was unsuccessful in securing the show's continuation. The AV Club cited several actions by the Fox network that contributed to the show's failure, which you alluded to, most notably airing the episodes out of order, making the plot more difficult to follow. For instance, the double episode Serenity was intended as the premiere and therefore contained most of the characters' introductions and backstory. However, Fox decided that Serenity was unsuitable to open the series, and the train job was specifically created to act as the new pilot in addition. Uh, Firefly was promoted as an action comedy rather than the more serious character study it was intended to be, and the showbiz trade paper variety noted. Fox's decision to occasionally preempt the show for sporting events like baseball. So the... Pilot Serenity, the two-hour premiere, which we will be talking about next time, was the last episode to actually air on TV. 
Which makes absolutely no, no. sense because you meet every, pretty much everybody you need to yeah. in that first episode. And yes, it's two hours long, but... You fell asleep during it. So maybe if you start with a train job, there's less likely to fall asleep. They do try, which we'll get to when we talk about the train job, they try to introduce everybody and kind of recap the previous episode that didn't air in like two words or something. So it, it, it does a good job as a de facto premiere when you haven't seen the other one, but it's better to watch them in order. Yeah. Uh, um, which we will be talking about them in the intended order, not the aired order. Yeah, no. Fox can go fuck themselves. <clears throat> Uh, the popularity of the short-lived series served as the launching point for a media franchise within the Firefly universe, including the feature film Serenity, which addressed many plot points that un- left unresolved by the series cancellation. Additionally, there are several comic books in one-shots set both before and after the movie. Which we own all of them, or no, most of we them? We own a lot of them, but then there was like a new run that we had, haven't got yet. You mentioned that it was going to go for seven years and like the Reavers and stuff was going to be like a main through line. And I think I got trivia about this on one of the episodes, so I'll save it for that. But the movie kind of tries to cover all of the stuff that he wanted to do in an hour and a half that would have taken place over the next seven years. Dear Lord. But it's a great movie. It is. I like it. Reruns of the series start with book... Providing the following backstory. I'm going to try to play it. Here, give me a second. Oh. After the Earth was used up, we found a new solar system, and hundreds of new Earths were terraformed and colonized. The central planets formed the Alliance and decided all the planets had to join under their rule. There was some disagreement on that point. After the war, many of the independents who had fought and lost drifted to the edges of the system, far from Alliance control. Out here, people struggle to get by with the most basic technologies. A ship would bring you work. A gun would help you keep it. A captain's goal was simple. Find a crew, find a job. Keep flying. That was a nice little... If you watch these episodes on Hulu, that plays at the beginning of each episode. But on the DVDs, it does not do that. So I thought it was interesting when I rewatched them on Hulu. I was like, oh, I've never heard this before. No. But yeah, hopefully you could hear that. You couldn't because you didn't have headphones on. But you'll hear it if you ever listen to this. Maybe if I find time in my busy schedule. The show blends elements from space opera, western genre, depicting humanity's future in a manner different from most contemporary science fiction programs in that there is no large space battles. Firefly takes place in a multi-social future, primarily a fusion of Western and East Asian societies, where there is a gross class inequality as a result of the Sino-American alliance. Mandarin Chinese is a common second language. It is used in advertisements and characters in the show frequently curse in Chinese. According to the DVD commentary on episode Serenity, this was explained as a as the result of China and the United States being the two superpowers that expanded into space. We can talk about the cast now. First, we have the captain, Malcolm Mal Reynolds, played by Nathan Fillion. 
He is the owner of, and captain of Serenity and former independent sergeant in the pivotal battle of Serenity Valley. Malcolm grew up on a ranch and was raised by his mother and the ranch hands. In the Unification War, he fought as a platoon sergeant in the 57th Overlands of the Independent Army, the Browncoats. He is cunning and capable leader and skilled fighter. Mal's main motivation is his will for independence. Independence? Independence. While he is not above petty theft, smuggling, or even killing to maintain his lifestyle, he is generally honest in his dealings with others fiercely loyal to his crew, and closely follows a personal moral code. He is openly antagonistic towards religion as a result of the war experience. First mate. Zoe Elaine Washburn. Burn? Born. Washburn? Washburn. Washburn. Gina Torres, who also is an angel. So was... No, he was on Buffy. He was the preacher. Preacher. Second in command on board Serenity, a loyal wartime friend to Captain Reynolds and Wash's wife. She was born and raised on a ship and served under Mal during the war as corporal. Described by her husband as a warrior woman, (laughs) she is a capable fighter who keeps calm even in the most dangerous situation. She demonstrates an almost unconditional loyalty to Mal, the only exception noted being her marriage to Wash, which the captain claims was against his direct orders. Uh, Hoban Wash Washburn, played by Alan Tudyk, Serenity's pilot and Zoe's husband, deeply in love with his wife, Wash expresses jealously over his wife's war-buddy relationship and unconditional support of their captain, most particularly in the episode War Stories, in which he confronts Mal even as they are being tortured by a dissatisfied customer. He joined pilot training just to see the stars, which were invisible from the surface of his polluted polluted homeworld, and he has joined Serenity despite being highly sought after by other ships. He is very lighthearted and tends to make amusing comments despite the severity of any situation, and he says the line that, we stole for the title of the show, Leaf on the Wind. Yeah. The Geek on the Wind. So here's my probably favorite character, Anara Sierra. And I'm going to fuck this name up because I don't know how to say her name. Morien. Marina Baccarin. Bessanera? Bessarin? I think it's Marina Bessarin. Bessarin? I don't know. She is beautiful. and You'll recognize her from Deadpool. Yes, she was in Deadpool. Um, also in V. There's something else she was in. But I love her. She didn't know, but I love her. Oh, she's in Gotham. Yes. All right. Inara. Ignore the squeaking. You can keep going. We're just going to have to talk around that. Anara is a companion, which is the 26th century cross between a geisha and an escort or mistress who rents one of Serenity's two small shuttles. Anara enjoys high society standing. Her presence confers a degree of legitimacy and social acceptance 
The crew of Serenity would not have without her on board. Inara displays great dignity, civility, and compassion. There's a strong romantic tension between her and Mal, who share many character traits, but each jokingly objects to the other's work as whoring or petty theft. Respectively, both refuse to act on their feelings and try to keep their relationship professional. Uh, next is Jane, played by Adam Baldwin. Jane Cobb, a mercenary, is someone who can be depended on in a fight, but not always be trusted. He tends to act like a lumic, lumix, lumix, yeah, who thinks he's the smartest person in space, but occasionally hints of intelligence peek through his facade, giving the impression that he acts dumber than he actually is. As Whedon states several times, Jane is the man who will ask the questions that no one else wants to. Even though he is a macho character, he has shown particular intense fear of Reavers, who, more so than the rest of the crew, despite his immoral mercenary persona, he sends a significant portion of his income to his mother, again suggesting that he's more to this character than what he presents to the rest of the crew. Kay Winnett Lee, Kaylee Fry, Jewel State, the ship's mechanic, in episode Out of Gas, it is established that she has no formal training but keeps Serenity running with an intuitive gift of working of workings of mechanical equipment. Jewel State explains Kaylee's character as being wholesome, sweet, completely genuine in the sweetness, adding she loves being on that ship. She loves all the people and she is the only one who loves all of them incredibly genuinely. She has a crush on Simon Tam. Kaylee is the heart of the ship, according to the creator, Joss Whedon. If Kaylee believes something, it is true. And that's true. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. She's like the emotion of the show, so that makes sense that he calls her the heart. Yeah. She, she's... You never want to see her, like, sad or anything. Yeah, she's very important. Like, she not only keeps, obviously, the ship running but she also is kind of the middle person she always tries to you know Be, keep yeah. everybody amicable uh, and you mentioned simon simon tam doctor that played by sean sean mayer a trauma surgeon of the first caliber top three percent in his class in, at top core planet institution who is on the run after breaking his sister river out of the government research facility in the episode Safe, it is revealed that he and River had privileged upbringing with access to the best education. In rescuing River over his stern father's severe objection, Simon sacrificed a highly successful future in medicine. His bumbling attempts at a romantic relationship with Kaylee are a recurring subplot throughout the series, and every turn he seems to find a way to unwillingly foil his own attempts at romance. He tends to put his foot in his mouth. His life is deep fine by caring for his sister who is river river tam summer glau 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 who also was an angel she was a russian ballerina she was a ballerina in real life mm-hmm. too smuggled onto the ship by her brother she is highly intelligent compassionate 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 is a new good word <laughs> i know how to read you got the best words <laughs> Oh, let's try that again. Smuggled onto the ship by her brothers, she is highly intelligent, compassionate, intuitive child prodigy. 
experiments in invasive brain surgery at an Alliance secret facility left her delusional, paranoid, and at times violent. Though her uncanny ability to seemingly sense things before they happen leaves questions as to where the delusions end and reality begins for her. The experiments seem to have made her a psychic. The experiments also gave her a seemingly innate ability in hand-to-hand combat, and she is capable of killing or incapacitating several opponents with ease. She gets frequent fits of anxiety and experiences post-traumatic flashbacks of her time in the Alliance facility. Her mental instability and uncanny abilities paired with several erratic and violent acts are a recurring source of fear and doubt among the crew, especially with Jane, whom she once slashed with a knife. Jane very frequently requests that River and Simon be taken off the ship. And lastly, we have a shepherd book played by Ron Glass. Rest in peace. A shepherd equivalent to a pastor, although... How did he die? I think he was just old. Oh, okay. Although presented as a devout Christian, book has profound, unexplained knowledge about criminal activities, police corruption, and military strategy tactics and weapons. And safe, he was sworn to have sufficient statues. Nope. Try that again. I'm not going to say that. I think it's a spoiler. Oh. He is also proficient in hand-to-hand combat and the use of firearms while objecting to violence most of the time. On a rescue mission, he joins the fight, stating that while the Bible is quite specific about killing, it is somewhat fuzzier on the subject of kneecaps. Book is a moral guide for Mal and the rest of the crew, a voice of reason, conscience, and spirituality. At the same time, he seems to get along with well with the immoral mercenary Jane, with the two spotting each other while working out using a bench press. His hidden backstory would be gradually revealed had the series continued, but was instead explored in the 2010 comic book The Shepherd's Tale. And he passed away from respiratory insufficiency. I can say shit like that, but I can't say simple words. Well, you're a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Not a doctor. Not a doctor. The show's theme song, The Ballad of Serenity, was written by Joss Whedon and performed by Sonny Rhodes. Whedon wrote the song before the series was greenlit, and a preliminary recording performed by Whedon can be found on the DVD release. Yeah, you can hear Joss Whedon, like, reading a early draft. The song sounds like this. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. It's got the western vibe. I'm still free. But he talks about the sky from taking the sky. Alluding to space. To the black. The black is what they call outer space. Burn the land and Imagery of horses and stuff like that. There's no place I can be since I found Makes me remember about you can wearing a floral bonnet and saying, I promise I'm on a floral bonnet that I will end you. <laughs> 
And it ends with a shot of horses stampeding and the Firefly ship flying over them. Yep. And Nathan Fillion has said multiple times that after recording Firefly that he had to come up with new goals in acting because he got to shoot a gun, ride a horse, and something else that he wanted to do. Kiss a girl or something. (laughs) I doubt that, but I but I know that he was like, I did everything in this one show. Mm. Well, he was like the the star, I think, be the star of the show, was the other one. Oh, yeah. Which he's done that now multiple times. Mm. It was Castle for umpteenth seasons. And he references Firefly in... Multiple times. <laughs> in Castle, which we still have not finished. That is true. Tell me about Sonny Rhodes a little bit. He's the singer there. Sonny. Oh, shit. Sonny Rhodes is an American blues singer and lap steel guitar player. He has recorded over 200 songs. I'm what you call a self-proclaimed disciple of the blues, said Rhodes, about his years playing and singing for fans of blues around the world. I've never heard I've never. I'm no, well, we're not bluesmen, but... I mean, I like all music, but I can't say that I know a blues yeah, singer. I didn't even I, know it was a black gentleman that sang the theme song until I looked him up. I, after hearing, what's that fucking guy's name? Sam Sparrow? Yeah. I no longer guess races right. with or, uh, singers. Even Sam Smith. Yeah. Uh, Any Sam. Yeah. Or Sonny. So... <laughs> A few of the upcoming podcast segments that we'll be doing or try to do with each episode. Um, initially, we'll break down the episode, and I'll try to include some sound clips as I did with this, but more from the actual show. Yeah. We will be choosing a big damn hero of the week. Ooh. Which, who is the most valuable person on the ship? River. Not generally. Hands down. <laughs> when shit hits the fan, I want her. Yeah, but like who in that episode we just watched, who was the most important? We didn't watch any episodes. That's why it's going to be reoccurring throughout each episode. We will do this in oh, okay. upcoming episodes. And then at the end, we will see who was tallying him up, tallying him up and say, this is the hero of the show. And maybe it'll be River or maybe it'll probably be Malcolm Reynolds because he's yeah. <laughs> the captain. He also gets himself into a lot of shit, yeah, too. So, so. He'll, he'll lose points, maybe. Are we going to score that? Like, who ends up getting we could do that into the shit of the week? Because think about the one with um, the statue. Huh? There's a statue of someone. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> There's a statue. <laughs> I was like, that's not an episode title. I looked them all up. I have them all written down right behind me. No, I didn't want to give any, okay. like, actual clues away. That's why I just said a statue. Yeah, maybe. I didn't want to say what character... <laughs> is involved in that. Uh, well, yeah, we'll have to come up with a name for that segment of like the not not the hero, the 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 person that Goram idiot. <laughs> oh yes, I like that. I'm gonna write it down because <laughs> that's the that's the word that they use the most for cussing is Goram. Uh, we will rate the episode out of five somethings. I didn't think of anything, and I thought I did. Like, oh, that's good. Uh, <laughs> but I just typed five somethings. <laughs> five hands? Hands of blue. blue. Five hands of blue, which will 
cover next week. I think that's actually part of the first episode. Damn, it is? I think it's like the end of the first episode. They, Or maybe the second. I think it is in the end of the first episode. I don't like that. I don't like it. Why not? I don't like it. Then uh, we, I will review a beer <laughs> that hopefully relates to the show or episode. You got a bunch of beers, though. I got though. lots of beers to choose from. And I will watch you. Some some of them I already recorded. <laughs> okay, never mind. I will not watch you on some of them. And some I'm... of them you will. Okay. And uh-huh. I will smell as long as my bloody nose isn't back. You'll smell and you'll be able to tell me what color they are. And we'll be able to pick out of our geek reference the That's colors. True. And I'll let you read about them. Well, <laughs> you can do the readings while I'm doing the tasting. I don't know. After not being able to read that sentence for really 10 minutes. <laughs> They're usually just like three sentences and then the ABV and IBUs. Um, so this week was the Traders about to double, which I already drank. That's why I'm not drinking anything. Uh, uh, I was wondering what that name was. I was like, what the fuck is that? It was one of the Crowlers, so I had to drink it early. Um, but... I chose about to double because our number of episodes is about to double. Ooh, look at you. <laughs> sort of clever, but it didn't really fit. I just jammed Made it, it in there. Yeah. Uh, but all that is to come. I hope you stick around and follow along with us with the series. You, you will enjoy it. It's really good. Yes, I have convinced people to watch the series by saying that it's not like normal TV shows Mm -hmm. because it is literally a Western in space and it is just very odd at first because you're like what the fuck is it's, going on it's kind of confusing because they're like in they're, space they're and in space but they're riding they're, horses on planets <laughs> and stuff they ride horses they dress kind of like old westerny mm-hmm. and then Inara's always in like beautiful gowns and and you're trying to figure out like when is this supposed to take place yeah I don't think do they ever actually reference the year other than like the war the, I think they the war. say what year the war is like in that first scene they say what year it is and then they say like one year later or something Ah. so they do say it but if you're not paying attention when it shows up on yeah. the screen at the very first scene you might be lost but I have had people watch it and they get hurt because it's it's not normal. Like, it's, I don't know. Um, I think on one of the back of the comic books, it said Silverado meets Buffy. <laughs> I only remember that because I look at it every single day. Um, but, yeah, it's it's different. And I think everybody should watch it. Agreed. You will not be disappointed. I don't think. Just get through the first couple episodes and you'll be hooked. Yeah. And, I mean, if you like anything else by Joss Whedon, I feel like you will like this knowing that he Mm -hmm. created it. Like, he's got a crazy mind. Like, if you watched his other shit, like Dollhouse Mm -hmm. alone, if you watched Dollhouse, like, you understand. I want to rewatch that. Which washes in that. A little bit. Not a lot. But he's in Mm -hmm. it. Joss Whedon always reuses <laughs> his characters in everything. Like, so if you become friends with Joss Whedon, you got it made. Like, you have a job at least every couple of years. Because they'll be like, hey, <laughs> hey, do you want to pardon this? And you're like, yeah, because you're cool. 
like the Much Do About Nothing movie where it yeah. had like a bunch of Buffy actors in it. Oh my God. I think that it, most of them were all Buffy. I think yeah. it was like filmed in his house or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Between guess. Between the two Avengers movies. I, I, I guess it was um, Buffy and Angel because Fred's in it and Fred's yeah. an angel. And Fred's a lady. FYI. I meant the Buffy verse characters, not just uh, the okay. Buffy. From... You didn't say Buffy verse. Mm. You said Buffy. I. You know meant how it. I like oh, exact. I get just it. like Be the whole very Hamilton specific. episode, and you're like, he's from Puerto Rico, and I'm like, no, he's not. He's from the Virgin Islands. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not rehashing this. <laughs> I say that because I'm looking at that album right now. But even if you don't enjoy the episode, at least you'll be able to follow along with us and know what we're talking about, and maybe you'll enjoy our episode. <laughs> yeah, you can. I would. I would say watch watch the app actual episode first, and then listen to us because mm-hmm. we will give spoiler alerts. Yeah. I am really bad at not spoiling things. Mm-hmm. We'll try not to spoil what's happening in the next episode. I hope so. I can't promise that. If we do i'll cut it out or you said you weren't doing any editing <laughs> i'll cut out spoilers but not cutting out any of your screw-ups <laughs> fyi i have been on drugs for weeks so i say weird things and you got some moosh mouth sometimes all the time and it gets very dry all right let's wrap this up well cut to my beer segment cut it out while we are getting the next beer ready, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drink and Geek Out. Get all sorts of cool, fancy updates and pictures. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff over on our website at drinkandgeekout.com. And you can email us any comments or suggestions at drinkandgeekout at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content, and that is patreon.com slash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. For this week's beer, I am drinking Bout to Double from Traders Brewing out of Indianapolis, Indiana. About to double is the multi multi missing link between Patter's beer and Trippy Nick's triple. This Belgian double is a beautiful caramel color, gives some fruity and molasses aromas, and offers a smooth blend of cloves and vanilla flavors. Um, a little bit about Traders because I don't think we've ever talked about them on the podcast before. Uh, According to their website, this says, Beer tastes a hell of a lot better when you share it with others, family, friends, even strangers. Beer has a way of bringing us together and blurring the hard lines our differences draw between us. This is our aim here at Traders, to create simple quality beers in such a way that builds and fosters a better community. Our family has been brewing for years, and we like to think that while the operation has outgrown the garage, it will never outgrow what makes traders feel like home. Bart began brewing his own beer as soon as he was legal. At least that's how he tells the story. The batches were small, of course, but the potential was always there. Upon meeting Chrissy, brewing became the way into his future father-in-law's good graces. The two bonded over the craft, the science, and the effects. The rest is history. So Traders is a relatively small brewing company, uh, not too far from my house. I've never actually been inside, but uh, I picked up some crawlers during the whole quarantine just to support them. 
and uh, this is one of them. It is a Belgian double, as I said. Looking at the color, it's kind of a dark caramely color. Uh, it's hard to see. It's a little dark in here. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to give this a 35, and that is Mal's brown coat. Very fitting for this podcast based on the color. And the reason I chose this beer, it's not very Firefly related, but the color obviously is. And about to double refers to the number of podcast release on this network is about to double with this new podcast venture. I'm getting a little bit of the vanilla on the nose. Oh, I did not say this. It is 7.5 ABV and 22 IBUs, which is the 22 Jump Street on our geek reference. Yeah, I get a little bit of that vanilla. Some fruitiness. I can't really decipher what the fruit is, though. Maybe a little bit of the cloves. There's definitely a little uh, spicy smell to it. As far as the taste goes, it's very smooth. It goes down incredibly easy. There's a little bit of bitterness on the back end, which I'm sure that's the 22. It, it, it just leaves a little lingering aftertaste on the tongue. But the first initial blast of flavor is very good. It helped along with the molasses and vanilla. According to Untapped, only 22 people have checked this in. I'm not sure how long it's been around. Probably not too long. I've had two friends that had it. You might recognize this first guy, the Duke, Dustin, our very own Dustin. He gave it a four. And we actually met out there during the quarantine and traded some beers and uh, picked up some crawlers to support them. And his wife, Allison, also gave it a four. Neither of one of them made any comments, so I'm not sure what they liked about it or what they didn't, but they are the last two people to check it in according to my timeline. John B. checked it in in mid-April and gave it a 4.25. He says, tasty. Tony C. gave it a 4. He didn't leave any comments. He took a picture, and the picture of the, uh, that he, of the beer that he took is definitely not the same beer because it's a lot lighter in color, so maybe he checked in the wrong beer yeah i'm really enjoying this one like the vanilla and almost has like a cherry flavor to it like a mm, kind of almost dr peppery but not like as sweet jared m says good not malty and only gave it a three uh, alan b says very nice fruity and gave it a four this guy doesn't like it so much scott h says more belgian yeastiness than the Patters beer, but not in obscene amount, and only gave it a 3.25. So Patters beer is one I mentioned earlier. It's This is the missing link between Patters beer and Trippy Nick's Triple. So that must be the three Belgians, and these are like the solo, the double, and the triple. This is the double. Oh, John B. T- checked this in again. He says, not a go-to style for me, but good, much better than IU, and give it a 4.25. I'm not sure what he means there. Sean says, all the hallmarks of a double, malty, toffee, caramel, sweet, just too watery, but still retaining strong alcohol ethers. 3.20. Hmm. Interesting. It doesn't seem watery to me. Maybe a different batch or a different level in the uh, keg or something. I'm not sure. 
if you got something towards the top and I'm getting something towards the bottom where everything has settled. But I think I'm good to check this in. Let me see here. Yeah. Um, I said everything I need to say. I'm going to, you know me, I have to agree with Dustin on all my scores. Whether I mean to or not, I'm going to give it a four. It's uh, not, as uh, the other guy said, it's not my go-to style. I don't have a lot of Belgians. Not a peop- There's not a lot of people making Belgians around here. So I don't have a lot to compare this to, but I think this one is very, very good. I'm definitely not upset about having a 32-ounce growler to myself. It would be nice to share it to with somebody, but obviously that's not going to happen since my co-host on this podcast does not drink beer. That is why I'm recording this section by myself so she doesn't have to sit here and listen to me ramble on and on. But yeah, I'll say it's malty, sweet, I'd say caramel and vanilla are the main attributes to this one. Definitely, if you like Belgians, maybe, or doubles, maybe this isn't going to be as good for you. But for me, who's not really used to this style as much, I think this is a really good version or attempt, and I would definitely recommend it. So, yeah, that'll do it. That was me drinking a beer. We already heard that. That's it for this episode. Until next time, we're We're still still flying. Proud member of the Hopped Up Network. I am your Captain Saf with my first mate, Zoe. No. (laughs) Well, that's who's the first mate, technically. Not on this podcast. Um, then me. Who are you? Um, a stranger danger (laughs) called Sarah. That is not the theme song at all. It's close. No. It's space. That's not even close. It's not not even anything near the right. theme song. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> Firefly takes place in a multi-social future, primarily... Primarily a fusion of Western and East. I gotta redo that sentence. Mm-hmm. You better edit that all out. Nope, I'm gonna leave it all. No editing on this. I'm leaving this whole big gap in too. You better edit shit. <laughs> <sighs> Let's try that again. Bert. You already messed up on the first syllable. I know. My tongue doesn't work. I haven't talked in weeks. It don't allow me to talk. Firefly takes place in a multi-social future where there is a difficulty <laughs> of repeating fucking sentences. You skipped a whole I know. I, <laughs> I guess. I mean, why do you? Why do you? Me to read things like I don't know how to read. Want me to read it? No, I want to read this shit if it kills me. Do you want to start this episode over? <laughs> I do.